Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are so excited that you can join us here on Shouts of Grace, the weekly radio program of Redemption Hill Church. And if you are a return listener, we want to welcome you and thank you for your support of the program. It means a lot to us. And if this is your first time listening to Shouts of Grace, why not visit our website at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. And there you can get a hundred and I believe it's 104 past episodes um and you can kind of catch up on all the on all the topics the latest things uh, of of our day and in a Christian worldview and the perspective of of the Bible as it pertains to everyday life um, and if you want to drop us a an email or a note or a suggestion for a future show you can do that there at shoutsofgraceradio.com as well well today I am super excited to have on the phone with me a friend who's who's becoming a better friend as we kind of planted a church in the same circles and the same organizations um, Derek Duvall from Awakened City Church in Salt Lake City how you doing my brother I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Steve. Appreciate it. Oh, no worries, man. So, so I, you know, man, it, it's a church planter is just a different breed, man. You got to go, you got to go through a lot of stuff, don't you? <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's awesome, <laughs> man. How, how, how are you guys doing? You guys doing okay? Everything's working? Yeah, no, things, things are great. Uh, it's, uh, we are at the end of this month approaching two years since we launched. Wow. Uh, we started, so. Uh, that's exciting. We've just seen God's faithfulness has been, uh, it's been a roller coaster, but it's been great. That's awesome. And you guys are just over the hill from us in Harriman, right? In Harriman. Yep. That's awesome, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on today. And what I want to do is I kind of want to crack open. This is your first time, but I, it won't be your last time, but I want to kind of crack open a sensitive topic, which, um, a lot of people kind of get a little like nervous because it's like, well, what are you intruding into my life for and stuff? And that's really talking about liberty, more specifically Christian liberty um, and, and where that line is when something becomes uh, a, a freedom of ours to express and how we live, maybe some choices we choose and where something technically becomes sin. Because, Derek, what I've found is, is oftentimes when, when people say, well, how far is too far or when does something technically become sin? Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes the heart behind it is tell me where the line is, because I want to walk just this side of sin mm-hmm. and enjoy and enjoy all the dangers associated with getting too close. So in your experience sure. as a pastor, you know, when it comes to this idea of Christian liberty, what, 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 what are some of the, the, the pitfalls, maybe what, you know, kind of talk to that a little bit. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I think, um, I think maybe, a, maybe if I could just address uh, a kind of a wrong thought or idea when we, when we come to the table with that question, how, how close can I get uh, and, and, not fall, and not fall into sin? And I think the wrong kind of idea in that is that God's commands for our life are, are good, but um, the ways of the world are great also. So how can I enjoy the world and not uh, sin, I think, is kind of the the question that's at the the bottom or the root of that is we think that what God calls us to do sometimes 
is not for our good or not what's best. And so we go, okay, how can I kind of play with that as much as possible and still not make God mad at me? I think that's kind of the, the thought behind it. And uh, I think instead of, it, it, maybe a way I could illustrate it is I have five kids and, and if my kid said, okay, dad, I know you said don't put your hand on the stove, but how hot can I get the stove before I, like I have to like before this is going to burn me like you said it's going to <laughs> instead of just going you know what I think my dad telling me not to put my hand on the stove is a good idea and what's best for me and he's not giving me these commands because he doesn't want me to have fun or he wants to ruin my life but he's trying to protect me hmm. and so I think when we go how close can I get it's how hot can I make that the uh the stove and still be okay yeah. why I, I guess the question in 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 uh, opposite of that is what, why even try to put your hand on the stove? Like that was a good command. <laughs> so I think sometimes we go, okay, God, what you're telling me to do here is restrictive and it's keeping me from, from having uh, f- the full amount of fun. So how much can I, how close can I get and still enjoy it, but not uh, break uh, the, your command? That's right. Uh, and so I think that's maybe the wrong place to start. Yeah, I, that's right. And, and you know, I, I think when you think of like Romans 13, 14, it says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill yes. its lust. And so on one side, I think you're 100% right on. You're, you're talking about, look, if, if, our, if, our cons, if, 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 if our Christian mind is, what provisions can I make? And they ultimately lead us to feed our flesh. God's saying, don't make any. But on the other right. side as well— Talk about this part where where Scripture would say that all things are lawful for me, but not all things are to my benefit. And and because what happens is is you know I've, I I grew up in a religious context where um, er, early on it was it was very legalistic to the point where sure. if if a woman was getting married and she wore a wedding dress that showed the top of her shoulders, she was provocative. I mean to the point mm-hmm. where you know if you go to the if if you're a lady, it was always a lady. It's funny, <laughs> you know if you go yeah. to the beach and 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 you have a certain type of bathing suit, you're not honoring God. And so it was this real intrusive legalistic thing into every part of my life. Talk about that because that's real in the church as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, uh, I, I think that's very true. And I think where we maybe sometimes get off on this is, uh, we, I think the idea that, that maybe, um, maybe, maybe the idea is, okay, I, I've got to make God happy with me. I've got to do what's um, uh, and so I, I'm basing off of my, in some ways I'm basing off my works. Well, okay. I've, what, what do I got to do to make God happy with me? What do I need to do uh, so that he's not angry? And here's the line. I think the problem is we, we define maybe a conviction in our own heart and say, mm. well, God told me this is wrong. So that means that's wrong for you. And, uh, there is that liberty in each, per, in each life in which God's got us, one, I think at different places, uh, but also there's that freedom for us to make decisions. And I think really where we need to go back to is, is our own individual heart and go, okay, I, God, I want to please you. I want to do what's best. I want to care for other people. And so what can I do so that I'm uh, honoring you, so that I'm protecting others, so that I'm not... Uh, a part of uh, this bigger scheme of people falling into sin. Like I want to, instead of point people toward myself, I want to point people toward you. 
and I don't want to be a distraction in this. So God, what can I do uh, to not be a distraction? And what can I do to point others towards you? So I think the problem comes in two places. One, if it becomes legalism for us, like, well, this is what you have to do and there's no heart change, that doesn't please God because uh, he desires for us to do it out of faith and uh, a desire to uh, a love for him. But also if we then try to put our convictions on other people and say, well, God told me that that owning that car is wrong. So that means you can't own it either. That's where I think the problem happens. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me read something to you and you kind of comment on that in relation to what you just shared. Um, Romans chapter 14, verse one, it says, accept other believers who are weak in the faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything. Another believer with a, another believer with a sensitive conscience will only eat vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't, and those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall, and with the Lord's help they will stand and receive his approval." Brother, in in the context of Christian uh, sanctification, everybody is in a different place, right? And, sure. And, and, and God's working on everybody separately and differently. And so where where, where a guy uh, or a girl five years in the faith might be, somebody brand new isn't, and vice versa, five years as opposed to 20 years. And so what what is this verse telling you and I and how we treat the body of Christ? Yeah, I think, I think one is that our, our Christian liberty doesn't mean that, okay, well, we only welcome other believers if they've sorted out their views like I have. Like you just said, Romans 14, 1 says, uh, as for one who is weak in the faith, welcome him, but do not quarrel over opinions. Uh, and so one, we don't want to use, uh, we may land, we may be five, 10 years into our Christian journey and go, look, we still disagree, but that doesn't mean we can't fellowship. We can't enjoy one another. We can't be united in that. But also we recognize that we're not the ultimate judge in all of this. Like uh, you just read a few verses later that that God is the judge. And so uh, we want to be gracious where scripture is not uh, dogmatic. So where scripture speaks, we want to speak where it doesn't speak. We want to have grace and liberty in that and say, you know, I think this is an area in which uh, I can't be dogmatic and say, well, you know, the, the, uh, your, uh, the strap on the, I can't think of the name of the, the, uh, uh, shirts, uh, but you know, it must be three inches or wider. You know what I mean? <laughs> the tank top, your tank top, is, it, the Bible says three inches or wider and that's two and a half, you know, uh, we, we don't want to, uh, one exclude people because they have varying opinions than ours, uh, when they don't, when scripture doesn't specifically speak to it. Uh, and we don't want to put our place uh, in God's and say, well, I determine what's right or wrong. And so what you're doing is sin when when God hasn't spoken to that specific thing and said it is sin. Yeah. And so, you know what, that's a, that's actually a great point. I think it's, it's a it's it's a good corner to turn on the other side of the break. What I'd like to talk about then is is a couple things is number one when we when we express christian liberty like convictions that we live out through our lives those those convictions are not to us alone in other words the expression of our lives through our liberties is not something that we do unto ourselves because scripture would seem to indicate that there is a greater principle that undergirds the exercising of our liberty and its love 
And that cannot yeah. be ignored. And so I want to talk more about that. But then also maybe look into this idea of, okay, if our own personal convictions in matters doesn't determine what actual sin is, how does a person determine what is sin? And so let's talk about that on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back to Shouts of Grace. I am your host, Steve Pearson. I am talking on the phone with a friend of mine, pastor at Awaken City Church in Salt Lake City, Derek Duvall. And before the break, Derek, we were just talking about this whole idea of of exercising Christian liberty. And one of the things I wanted us to kind of press into now was this idea that that sometimes Christians kind of think, well, you know, hey, I can do what I want. Who's the church? Who are you as a believer to be intrusive into my life and tell me what I can and can't do? And and it's almost like they feel the liberty that they have in Christ as a law unto themselves, and they can kind of just ignore everything else, get over it. But that's really not what the Bible talks about in Romans 14 when it does talk about that the exercising of Christian liberty has to be undergirded by something else. What is that something else? Yeah, I think uh, in, in reference to Romans chapter 14 and verse 13, it tells us, as Paul's writing, says, Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Mm-hmm. So one of the, I think, principles we need to, to uh, consider in how we live out our lives is not, hey, is it okay for me individually to do this or not? But to say, look, and, and in reference to what you said before the break, of our love for one another and going, I don't want to cause another brother or sister in Christ to stumble. Paul says in another passage in 1 Corinthians 8, 13, he says, therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. And so Paul's giving this consideration. I think we too ought to give this consideration to think, okay, I don't want to take my liberty and say, well, I'm going to flaunt it um, and do whatever I want because I, I, I have uh, liberty in Christ to do these things. But instead, we're looking out for our brother or sister in Christ and going, how can I uh, build up? How can I encourage uh, my brother or sister in Christ? In the, in the very next chapter, actually, as Paul's walking through and speaking in Romans chapter 15, at the very beginning, uh, in the first couple of verses, he talks about how uh, we ought not to please ourselves, uh, in, but instead to do what pleases our neighbor for his good, to build him up. And then he gives us the perfect example in, in, in all things. And that is, in verse three, he says, for Christ did not please himself, hmm. uh, but it is written, the approaches of those who approached you fell on me. And so we have an example of Jesus going, look, it's, it's about, it, it's not just a what do I want, what's okay for me, but what is for the good of others, what will build them up. And so I think as we consider how to love one another and how to live, maybe we, we have um, in, in our own convictions the liberty to do something, but we go, I'm not going to, uh, to, to walk in that or to give into that or to do that because not because I myself feel that it's, it's sinful, but instead I don't want to cause uh, my brother or sister in Christ to stumble. 
That's right. In fact, in that same thread, um, he says in, in, in Romans 14, verse 15, he says, if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Ah, it's not your liberty that trumps love. It's love and the well-being for others that trumps liberty. By what you eat, do not destroy the one whom Christ died. Man, those are powerful words, brother. Yeah. It's like it's like yeah. Jesus died for this guy, and, and you're going to exercise. I, 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 think, I think the point is there's nothing more selfish than when we say, which is the antithesis of the gospel, right? There's nothing more selfish than when we say, me over we or me over right. you and and Christ would never impute Christ would never uh enact that type of life it was us over his own he laid aside his own life in order to save our own and so that's a great a great point well then then the obvious question is this if if is what you're saying is the bible let me play the the devil's advocate here sure. does the bible not have any any um you know objective way of deciding what sin is 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 sin something that's subjective if you view it sin for you then then don't i mean how do you land on this how does a person order and orient their life around something that's sound where they can say this is not okay and this is okay because it almost seems like there can for the for the person who hasn't walked with god a little bit that might be a little challenge in trying to discern what's okay and what's not Sure. Yeah, I think uh, for what we have in God's Word is, uh, one, we have very specific commands that speak to things, but there are also uh, areas in which the Bible maybe doesn't specifically speak about. But if we look at the context of Scripture, if we look at, at Scripture as a whole, we can get a very clear picture of what uh, is uh, right or wrong. I think uh, an example that, that maybe is a hot topic, and, and I, used, I was a student pastor with kids 6th grade to 12th grade for a little over 10 years, and a uh, topic that kind of falls in this is the idea of dating. And is it okay? I'm, I'm in middle school. I'm in high school. Is it okay to date? Or if I'm dating, how far is too far? And again, that goes back to what we began the show with of, of saying, okay, how close can I get to the line and not cross it? Um, but what the, the Bible may not say this or this act are inappropriate, but it says sexual immorality is not okay. It, or uh, you, you brought up Romans 13, 14 earlier of do not make provision for the flesh. And so uh, is it is it wrong to to sit in a basement with your girlfriend with the lights off in a movie? That in itself, no, isn't wrong. But if you go, look, <laughs> I know that this is going to lead to something that will not honor God. Then I've then I've broken Romans thirteen fourteen. I've made provision for the flesh, you know. And so what we want to do is is not try to find verses that uh, can go, okay, well, there, there isn't one specific verse that says this is wrong. It doesn't say anything about it, but instead look, of all of, uh, look at all of scripture and, and, and you, you see the heart of God. You see um, that, that when God makes these commands, specifically back to the illustration I just gave of um, sexual purity, it's not because he's trying to prevent us from uh, something that is good, but instead what he's doing is he's protecting us. And mm -hmm. so we, we, uh, we, there may not be, as students would say, well, there isn't, a, there isn't a verse that says if it's okay or not for me to kiss someone, but, but then you get to the heart of, well, like, is it, is it just a kiss or is, is, does that always lead somewhere else? Because right. again, you're making provision for the flesh or maybe your thoughts, you know? Yeah. And so 
there are verses that, that speak specifically to that. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I, I, I see something in kind of what you shared is, you know, I was a youth pastor for several years and, you know, you get the same questions, you know, is it okay for me to listen to secular music and is it okay for sure. you know, all that same stuff. And, and I think sometimes what we want to do is, is sometimes we, we center only our eyes around the thou shall nots, right? It's like, don't sure. do this, don't do this. And, and and I like, you know, you look at verses like Ephesians 5.19, where it says, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, right? I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. God's Word tells us what to do, right? And so sure. so I, I think it's it, it, it can be a dangerous thing if we fall into this relationship aspect with God, where we're just wanting Him to define for us that, you know, uh, you know here's here's what you can't do, rather than saying, look, here's what you can do. You don't, you don't have to listen to this music. You can actually sing, you know, spiritual songs. And, and sure. so there's this idea, Derek, and, and, and I think I want to close up the last couple minutes um, with, with this idea that, that sometimes I think, you know, people, you know, Philippians talks about, it says in Philippians chapter two, it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it's God who is at work in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And, and there's this idea that people want to look to pastors, tell me what to do. They want to look to the church, tell me what to do, their religious culture and order their life around that. But it's almost like it's leaving out the personal aspect of God sure. through the Holy Spirit working and convicting you. And there is great reward in that. I remember when I first got saved, brother, I, I, I was, I was indulging in liberties that, that I couldn't do today, but at the time it was okay because God intimately brought me along. And that's a part of that relationship history. I would look back and I go, ah, Lord, I remember when you talked to me right there, you know? So, so, Mm -hmm. so talk about the need for a personal relationship in the last couple of minutes. So need for a personal relationship for the listeners to engage with God as they're working out their salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah, I, I maybe uh, a way to uh, equate it in in a, a, a real relationship with the person, and then bringing it back to Jesus is we wouldn't. Uh, some someone might say, "Well, you know, I, I was I, I found this girl. I, I saw her at, at school. I looked her up on Facebook. Man, I know all the movies she likes. I know all the music she likes. Uh, I know who all of her friends are." And you know all this information, and you say, "But you know what? It's not going to work out because I just don't. I just don't enjoy spending time with her." Well, you actually <laughs> didn't spend any time with her. All you did was learn a bunch of information, uh, and so you can't have a relationship with someone that maybe you know a lot about, but you don't necess- You don't actually know the person. Or if for for me and, and my wife, if I were to every time um, I wanted to know, hey, what does my wife enjoy? Instead of going to her, I just talk to her friends and say, hey, you know, yeah. I'm trying to, to get to know what she enjoys and likes. So uh, what do you think? Hmm. Uh, and I, there, there's a whole aspect of a relationship that I'm, I'm missing out on. Either one, because I think I have one because I know a bunch of information, but it's yeah. not a real relationship. Or I'm just looking in other directions to find that, hmm. uh, the information, instead of having that enjoyable personal relationship with her. That is such a great point, brother. And and. You know, I, we got, we got 30 seconds left and I just want to, I want to comment on that. Cause that was a great point. You know, th- there is no substitution. There's, 
knowledge does not substitute a love relationship. And, and you just hit the nail on the head. And so our appeal to the listeners would be, look, um, you can go to church all day long. You can run through all of the gamut of, of, of religion's requests and demands on you and, and what man has placed on you. At the end of the day, you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That is what saves you from your sin. And as you do that, God will infuse into you um, the, the direction for life as his spirit dictates. And there is no substitute for that. Um, man, I, I want to thank you for being on the show, brother. I can't wait to have you on again. You, you just yeah, communicated perfectly. I love it, man. So awesome. Well, hey, you've been listening to Shouts of Grace, and we look forward to joining you next time. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of Grace.